is up, everybody? My name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, June 29th, so of course we are going to talk a little basketball with you tonight. But before we get to that, let's give you a little bit of a rundown of what's going on this week on the ESBC Podcast Network. Of course, Tuesday, as usual, is going to talk financial market education with Greg Wolf, the Wolf Line. Uh, breaking down technical analysis and manipulation of payouts. Always shop around to get the best odds. Uh, that's kind of one of those things. You shop around for bread and milk. You might as well shop around for the best odds that we have out there. Uh, off, obviously, Wednesday, we keep the trend going with myself and Brandon Lupian talking about the uh, top sports stories of the week. Uh, top sports gambling stories of the week, I should say. Thursday is Matt Bird's weekly chat about uh, corruption in American history. And we wrap up the week on Friday with our AAC, that's the American Athletic Football Conference, as we have begun to dive into college football. If you missed our ACC preview, head to ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com to find that along with all of our gambling content. Then on uh, Saturday, we got Josh and his mental health first aid kit regarding pretty much everything that 2020 has given us, uh, including the riots, COVID, crises. And finally, Sundays are dedicated to MLB and uh, the MLB podcast that I have that on block. As we get ready for the return, don't forget the new article and the new podcast on the betting angles is out. So be sure to go check that out. Of course, as I said before, it's Monday. It's time to talk a little NBA basketball with our corruption historian and the builder of the podcast principles, Josh Vizke. How are you doing tonight, Josh? Every day is a great day. We get to be alive right now. Now with the pandemic and the recession, people get more of what I'm talking about, right? There's only, there's only a few days really in your life that really suck. When a parent dies, or you know, you have a personal tragedy. But other than that, every day you get to choose whether you uh, want to make it a good day or not, right? You get to choose to be happy or not, and uh, it's always a good choice to uh, choose happiness because life is short. Amen. And uh, the, you know, not only is life short, but the the opportunity to make money is uh, going to be, exactly. it, will be, it will be short, but with us, it'll, it'll be pushed a little longer. Of course, we are going to talk about NBA tonight and we can't talk about the NBA without finding out what Adam Silver did this week. That's got Josh all fired up. And uh, this has kind of turned into a weekly thing. I think it started as a joke, but every week you come out with something that actually makes a lot of sense. And uh, it's probably a good reason why he's uh, should be, uh, asked for his resignation. Absolutely. I, I think um, Adam Silver uh, represents a lot of what's wrong with society. Some people uh, feel that Adam Silver is the devil, right? Some people say that he's like a slave master, conditioning white supremacy. I won't go that far, but I think uh, I think that Adam, I think that 
Adam Silver has reached his peak, right? It's uh, the theory of limiting returns. And he's gotten to the peak of what he can do. He's a brilliant marketing guy. However, his uh, attack on NCAA men's basketball, I think it's completely unwarranted. And not only is it unwarranted, it's greed, right? And you got to think about why the, the NBA is supposed to be doing so well. Why haven't they given people money back for the NBA pass? Right? Yeah. You got, we're going through a recession. The country is getting stimulus. And he hasn't given people money for the NBA pass. Now, a perfect example this week of Adam Silver's duplicity and how he's 100% a PR scam. He did a good job with uh, Donald Sterling when he came up with his racist staff. He got Adam right away. But a lot of people were like, man, he got $3 billion from Steve Ballmer. Did he have that already lined up? And Donald Sterling gave him the perfect excuse to uh, get railroaded, and then uh, Adam Silver in the NBA made an extra billion dollars with a B. Now, this is something, because a lot of people like to argue, right? You can come up with your own opinion, but you cannot come up with your own facts. You can go on Google before he scrubs it after listening to this podcast. Go on Google and look and read at Adam's initial statements when COVID-19 got to a crisis point where the government was shutting down certain locations. He said that him being the great humanitarian that he is and not how he cares about all the people, that the MBA was not going to start again unless every member of society in the United States had access to testing, right? And that goes back to the way Adam Silver thinks. Now, why is it important? Like we were talking in the college football podcast, why is it important that we know so much about Adam Silver? Because picking games, picking basketball games, picking football games, it's the same process you use in picking a stock. And part of the process in analyzing stocks is knowing the management. So you have to be very aware of the management of the NBA to be able to pick NBA games. So what's a priority? And we're going to go deeper into this in the podcast as we got our first NBA prediction right already. And we'll talk about that. And it has to do with PR. He's obsessed with PR. So the reason he said that not he really believed that, right? He was lying. He, it was just good at the time to say that. Good PR for the NBA to say, hey, when COVID-19 starts, um, we're, we're upset, we're appalled by income inequality. So, uh, and it's not right that we're getting tested and nobody else is getting tested. So we're not gonna start. So what happens, right? Right now, there's a problem with testing. We need more testing. Like Adam Silver said two months ago, 
not everybody in the United States has access to testing. However, the NBA is starting, right? That's just clear, direct evidence of the duplicity, right? And the, the lack of character, the lack of a moral compass, and the flat-out lying and gaslighting of Adam Silver. That's why we're asking, I'm asking, for Adam Silver to immediately resign as commissioner of the NBA. Well, there you go. And, and you made a, a lot of really good points. You know, I, I completely forgot about what, you know, when he did say that, you know, we're not going to come back until, uh, you know, everyone has tests and all that. And then obviously, and it's perfect too, because obviously it worked because I remember, or I, I didn't remember it. So therefore the little PR thing, it works. So that is something obviously uh, we have to keep an eye on. Um, do you want to have uh, something to say about uh, J.R. Smith? Yeah, so uh, a lot of the podcasts in the beginning, we've been talking about how you monetize players who have uh, impulse control issues, right? And how it affects them during games. During, when things get heated, uh, you know, when things are going good, because J.R. Smith won a championship with uh, Cleveland. Everything was going good, and they were writing stuff. Uh, they actually came back, right? They were down like 3-1. 3-1. And it was one of those things they had nothing to lose. Everybody was chilling. But when, when things get heated, he ends up getting in fights with people. He's had substance abuse problems. So when somebody has substance abuse problems, it's usually linked with impulse control issues. So J.R. Smith goes on Twitter about a couple weeks ago about that somebody bumped into his truck and he chased him down for a block and a half and he beat him up, right? So that shows you that that has impulse control issues. Now, you bring him into a team environment and what we do on the podcast is that we use business and financial concepts, right? In order to analyze situations and successfully come up with winners, wagers, 52.5% is break even. We're at 70 to 80%. So how does that happen, right? You analyze using business and financial concepts, right? To make money. So one of the big studies done by uh, Warden and Harvard uh, is that more diverse teams make more money, all right? So the more diversity you have, the better off you are. Now, J.R. Smith is linked with Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports is owned by LeBron James and his buddy from high school, Paul, right? They're all from, they're all smart guys and doing good with LeBron's money. They're leveraging it. They're doing good in business. And for guys that didn't graduate high school, they're really intelligent guys, savvy business guys. However, the fact, all right, that uh, everybody on the team is from clutch sports makes the Lakers a least diverse team or a lesser diverse team than a team from the Clippers that might have 10 different agents. 
Okay, so the most diverse teams make more money statistically. You know, and, and it's funny because they're talking about putting social justice stuff on their back. They're talking to talk, but they're not walking the walk. They don't have a diverse team if everybody has the same age, right? And that's what creates income inequality when you have closed groups, right? And you're not opening up your network like they're telling us to do. So, and, and that's part of the problem. Even though they're smart business guys, they're very successful, but that's the problem with the lack of education where they don't really understand the totality of what they're doing. And it doesn't matter because they got millions upon millions of dollars. They got their house paid for. They, their great grandkids are gonna be rich, right? So there isn't really a sense of urgency or an immediate need for them to be uh, business savvy beyond a, uh, a certain point or really understand all the dy dy dynamics of social justice that they're fighting for. As the Lakers are not uh, diverse socially uh, justice type team when everybody has the same agent. So that's my, that's my problem with, uh, with uh, J.R. Smith. But it, for us, we're different. Our opinions are different than Steve A. a. Smith, Max Kellerman, Jason Whitlock, Clay Travis, all these fools. If they have an opinion and they're wrong, they don't lose any money. We have an opinion, we're wrong, we lose money, right? So the whole thing about J.R. Smith, right, is that when you're betting against the Clippers, you got to look at the Clippers having a competitive advantage because of the diversity of their team. And J.R. Smith, is he going to play defense? Is he going to get pissed and not play defense, right? Because you know the Clippers are going to play defense. Well, and, and I think one of the biggest things, obviously, you're, you're correct about the, the one agent thing. And it is seems like it, that's pretty much wherever LeBron goes, he has like the four or five same role players everywhere he goes. Um, but I, one of the biggest things for me when we talk about impulse control with J.R. Smith is how, how – I'm trying to figure out a way to put this gently, but I'm not going to – how stupid he is on the basketball court. I mean, this is a guy who, who um, was in the finals. There was a tie game, and, and he went to dribble the clock out. Uh, and it turned into one of the greatest memes ever of LeBron just trying to figure out, like, what's going through your head, man? Like, where could you be? Like, this isn't game 42, and we're playing the Pistons, and, you know, we've won 12 in a row, and it's getting a little – like, this is the finals, or it was the Eastern Conference or something. I know it's a playoff game. It's a big game. And it's just that right there tells me that, A, obviously impulse control is a problem, but when he steps on the floor, LeBron doesn't like that shit. It's one of those things where he's, he needs everybody on, on the same, not only on the same page, but literally on the same paragraph, not the same word. And it's, it's LeBron's way or the highway. And JR has kind of been that guy that seems to, he'll be in line, be in line, be in line until all of a sudden you don't want to be in line anymore. And he's the first one that just goes haywire. And it takes a couple years, but eventually JR Smith and LeBron will reunite again. But it's just, it's it's interesting to see to know that hey you know every pretty much all the all the Lakers have the same agent. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that 
the uh, is it Frank Vogel, who's the coach there, had to get um, LeBron's seal of approval, um, had to run things his way. That it's pretty much the Los Angeles LeBrons. Uh, it's obviously worked out for him to this point, but we're gonna see how this eight game little thing goes, and then I think even more so than that because they're obviously gonna make the playoffs. But how? How does LeBron rub these guys when they're literally surrounded by him pretty much 24-7? Because that's what's going to happen in these, in these you know, little bubbles, uh, these safe hotels. These, these teams are going to be, you know, in a seven, eight-room radius, ten-room radius. They're going to be around each other pretty much 24-7. Um, how does JR and LeBron deal with that? That's, that's an interesting one for, what, at least two months? Because the, the, the postseason are the, is just as long, right? We're going best right, of right. seven, well, four you, rounds. Remember, so. impulse control, right? Because he's mm-hmm. going to try to control himself. Yeah. And he's just going to explode one time. And it's going to be hot. And this is the other problem, too. How many guys like that can you take? Because you got him, and then you got Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's flaky, too. And who's the adult, right? Besides LeBron, who's the adult? Palenka? Does people respect Palenka? Does people respect Jeannie Buss? No. There's no, like, Jerry West who's on the Clippers. So, right now, right now, I got to give the edge. Uh, we got to give the edge to the Clippers because the Clippers have more stability. They're hothead. Lawrence Frank, they don't even let him around the team. He's up there with uh, Jerry West in the suites, watching from down. Uh, well, I, I got to say, there has to be – because the other wild card is Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at a management team, right, you got to look at the assistant coaches. He's in charge of the offense. But all I read about is Jason Kidd negotiating with uh, the Knicks mm-hmm. on $7 or $8 million. So, so is his head going to be there in Orlando with these guys? And Jason Kidd is known as a guy – with a bad temper, he doesn't really get along with people unless they're a huge superstar. And he's known for being flaky and having problems, too. So you got a lot of people on the Lakers with problems. And how they're going to mitigate this uh, for a couple months, they might be able to do it. It might be an advantage that it is only a couple months and there's a whole season with these people. But J.R. Smith, Jason Kidd, and Dwight Howard, they all have histories of – uh, personal problems and impulse control issues. I think Jason Kidd's an alcoholic. J.R. Smith's a drug addict. And um, Dwight Howard is a space cadet. That's your Lakers breakdown. When you, were, when you saw J.R. Smith, Lakers, and uh, the Lakers are right now a favorite, I would never pick the favorite in this case, right? It seems like horse racing where the but the favorite only wins 20% of the time. The Lakers look like a, like a favorite in horse racing. There's definitely flaws. And LeBron is old. And that's why supposedly he was you know, so desperate to get the season going because his window of opportunity is slipping away. And then the other dude, the guy from Kentucky, he's injury prone. So even if he's playing, it never seems like he's a hundred percent. Yeah, and and it's and like I said, you know, you only said oh, it might work out that it's only a couple months, but nor you know when we talk about a couple months, we're talking about, and I'm sure most people can kind of relate to this with family. Like I love my family, don't get me wrong, 
But if I lived next door <laughs> to my, my mother or my aunt or, you know, my uncle, it would be different. I'm not saying it would be bad, but the relationship right. would be a lot different. And I think that's what you're going to have is waking up 24-7, not seeing your family, but instead seeing LeBron's receding hairline. He's probably yelling at you for something. Who knows? Maybe you ate four blueberries instead of three. I don't know. I just think there are going to be times where in the middle of a game, LeBron's going to yell at J.R. Smith, and J.R. Smith's going to look at him and just be like, shut up. You know, and, and who knows? It could be game seven of the Western Conference Finals with four seconds to go, and uh, uh, Kawhi drives by um, JR to, to make it happen. But we, we, we move on from that to two weeks ago was our first NBA podcast. And pretty much in uni- unison of what we've been doing in whatever sport we talk about is from the minute we start talking about it, things happen. Right. So – we talked about two weeks ago, the way everything lines up and, and what the NBA wants, what the NBA dreams about, and it is a Lakers, Pelicans, LeBron, Zion, past versus present or, or uh, future versus now, whatever you want to talk about, okay? That is what the NBA wants. There's one problem. The Pelicans are three and a half games out of a playoff spot. Well, the NBA kind of took care of that by throwing in this quasi 8-9 game that we're going to have. Right. And they made it incredibly obvious what they wanted to happen with the schedules coming out. Now, obviously, all these teams are going to play eight games. Let me just break it down for you. We have the Pelicans, who are the uh, tied for the ninth seed. They are tied right now with Memphis – or I'm sorry, they are tied with Portland and Sacramento. All three of those teams are three and a half games behind Memphis, which is going to be difficult to make up. But like I said, there's that ninth playoff spot, which believe me, after I tell you everything that I'm going to tell you, it will be pretty obvious to know what the NBA wants and how they're going to get it. So we start with Memphis. They are the eight seed currently with a three and a half game lead. Their eight game schedule gives them the opposing record is uh, 597. 307 and 207. That's their uh, opposing record. Now we look at Portland. Portland has it even tougher with a 600 winning percentage at 311 and 207. And now we look at Sacramento. Now Sacramento has it a bit easier. They're at 530, that, that, win, that opposing win percentage. It comes out to 273 and 242. Okay, those three teams, they're all going to be fighting the Pelicans. Now, let me tell you, the Pelicans, just the schedule. They start Jazz, Clippers, Memphis, Sacramento, Washington, San Antonio, Sacramento again, and their only East Coast team is the eight-seeded Orlando Magic. Their record, their opposing record comes out to 254 and 259. That is for a 495 opposing win record. We have a team that is going to play two games straight away, where everything's a little weird when we get started. The right. first two games, first three games, they're going to be a little odd because people are getting their uh, heads under or legs underneath them. After those two games, when they play the Jazz and the Clippers, they don't play a team over 500. Think about that. There are 22 teams or 21 other teams in this scenario. The Pelicans play eight games. 
Two of them are against teams with a 500 record or better. I mean, that's, that's – now, don't get me wrong. We saw this coming. Now, well, that's the first prediction we got right in the NBA. the first prediction we made, and it's already right. come through. But I have to tell you, I didn't – I thought maybe they'd throw a couple more – you know, they'd throw a Geely suit on. Maybe they'd try and hide <laughs> the bushes with this. They're not hiding anything with this. They are making it painstakingly obvious to not only us, but to those three other teams I, I mentioned that, hey, you try the hardest you can – but you're not getting that air. You're not playing the Lakers in the first round. We're making sure and, and guarantee that that Lakers Pelican series is going six or seven games. Make sure right. that you hop on that because the Lakers and Pelicans, I don't care if the Lakers are, are, are sweet better than them. The NBA will make sure they will fly Tim Donahue down in a Bobby Valentine eyes <laughs> to make sure the Pelicans get two games or possibly three. So that we get seven games of LeBron versus Zion. And as somebody who, you know, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I'll watch it. I'm going to watch those games. So they know what they're doing, but let's, let's, let's take advantage of that. I mean, this was one that, I mean, we pulled it up, what, 10 minutes, 12 minutes before the podcast. And I, I was like, Whoa, we, I gotta, I gotta look at this. And it blew my mind. I cannot believe how I knew we were going to be right. I knew this was what they were going to do, but I did not think they were going to be this obvious about it. I mean, two of the eight, Teams, I mean, to be fair, it's only seven teams because they play the Kings twice. Right. How do you have 21 other teams and you only play eight, but you get to play the Kings twice? They don't play the Rockets. They don't play the Sixers. They don't play the Raptors. I mean, it blows my mind how easily they are giving the Pelicans this. It's crazy how easy it is. Right, and, and it comes back down – to decision science, right? So decision science is used by Fortune 15 companies, Google, Silicon Valley companies, fan companies to make business decisions, right? And a lot of it's common sense with decision science, which is you get as much information as possible before making a decision. So how do other people make decisions, right? They're usually financial or political, right? Uh, there's never been a bridge between Key West and Cuba. Both company, uh, countries have had the resources. Hasn't been done for political reasons, right? So you're making up a, a schedule for the NBA. What are you going to do? You're going to do it for marketing reasons. Uh, Adam Silver and his boss Stern, it started with Stern. They're marketing guys, Right. Uh, I like Mike. They created I like Mike, and they got together with Nike, right? Uh, so it's all about marketing. It's all about Madison Avenue. No accident, you know, Bird versus Magic, and it's become obvious now. I encourage everybody to read. And though this is not a good guy giving him money, but it's a very educational book, the Tim Donahue book, right? where he talked about how referees rick outcomes of games, right? Because you do not, like in the famous words of uh, Dennis Green, you do not want to kill the golden goose laying the eggs, right? And people don't change. We talk a lot on this podcast about people's capacity to change. We're predicting that J.R. Smith is not going to change and go see a psychotherapist and work on his impulse control issues 
because he hasn't done it. Two and a half weeks ago, he's chasing down a guy. He's a professional athlete about to get a contract for millions of dollars. He's running down the street chasing down a guy for merely bumping into his truck. Didn't even do a dinner and he and beats him up, right? Could have jeopardized his whole season, right? He could have pulled a hamstring, just broken his hand, punching people, right? He doesn't do it. So we're predicting that J.R. Smith does not have the capacity to change. Now, from the Tim Donahue book that was written about 10 years ago, the NBA has not changed. So what happens? As a result of the NBA not changing, I was able to predict a high percentage of games in the last NBA playoffs, right? A very, very, very high percentage, right? So coming off the playoffs, Brandon First and I are, are analyzing, because remember, when you pick a stock, you have to analyze the management. So we're analyzing Adam Silver. And we predicted, right, since there's going to be no fans, you got to get TV. What better TV than LeBron against Zion? Brandon Ingram, former Lakers, revenge. Uh, well, LeVar Ball, whatever the ball kid's name is. Got him. Uh, you got a, lot of, got a lot of different facts now. New Orleans was hit hard by COVID-19. You got to look at natural disasters. Uh, I predicted and I made money, right? Because, again, other people make, everybody can have their own opinions, but they can't have their own facts, right? And if we're wrong, we lose money. My wife did. Maybe you guys heard her screaming earlier in the podcast. She hasn't bought gasoline from non-betting money since 2011. She's like, oh, I'm going to go for the betting money. To pay for gas, you know, because that's that's the way she is. So, if I'm wrong, she's screaming even more and even more off. She's even more pissed off, more more the time. If she isn't using money, then I'm watching uh, games instead of watching Lifetime movies with her, right? And the re- only reason she tolerates it is because of what the money must be the money. <laughs> So if you say, well, I disagree with you, fine, let's bet on it. Let's put some money down and see who wins the money, right? And as Brandon First, first report, and remember, Brandon First, the reason we know Brandon First is a very intelligent man because he's more of a cynical contrarian than I am. And he didn't believe anything I, what I said in the beginning until you started seeing the results. Yeah, the results speak for themselves, and we put it on tape. You can listen to the past podcast. We had it, I think, two podcasts ago where we predicted this. We predicted that there was going to be manipulation. <laughs> this is, I mean, manipulation, this is this is like, I can't even, I, I don't even know what to say in terms of, it's so crazy. Like, whoa, am I the only one seeing this? Corruption is corruption. How has no one talked about this? Like, how? where is everybody else talking about this? Like, this has to be. Because people, people, yeah, people aren't betting on these games, and they don't have the experience betting on these games. Yeah. And, and a lot of it's the Hawthorne effect. Why did what just happened happen? You're like, hey, it has to be marketing reason. The guy, you know, Madison Avenue. And the other thing is, theoretically, the NBA has billions and billions of dollars of revenue, right? So why change? And people aren't paying attention, you know. These are the same people not wearing masks and hoarding toilet paper. <laughs> They're not paying attention to the local. They're not paying uh, uh, 
paying attention to the local political corruption where, you know, billions of dollars of tax money and local governments don't have 99 cents to buy a mask for a nurse, right? Much less are they going to be paying attention to the corruption of the NBA. But you and I do, and we monetize it, and we're sharing with the people. A lot of people with the winning percentages we have, they live in an ivory tower, this huge house away from people, you know, they don't share. So the difference between them and us is that we share. So all of us can have fun. Like we said in the beginning of the podcast, life is short. But yes, uh, like Brandon first said, we were right. First prediction, uh, the the opponents of the Pelicans have a horrible uh, winning percentage, but teams that are competing against them, like Portland, have a high one because it's advantageous to the NBA to have that marketing uh, marketing process that Brandon First and I predicted two weeks ago. And, and you're yeah. only getting this on this podcast. Yeah. Nobody else is saying this anywhere else in the country. Nobody, nobody, everybody's talking about the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. And what we're doing is focusing on facts and data in order to make us all money in the middle of a recession and pandemic. And as much as I'd like to pretend that, you know, that whole like bit of research I did took like, you know, 80 hours and, you know, like this, <laughs> like pushing things into these computers that are like three stories high, took me about 15 minutes, pulled up the schedule, looked at it straight away. And when something's not right here, went to the standings and went, wow, okay, yeah, there's a lot of discrepancy here. I mean, you just look at, I mean, how, how can you, how can you, justify Sacramento on the schedule twice. We, right. we literally have 21 other teams to choose from. And you put Sacramento twice. And of all the teams on that schedule, that's who you're going to put twice, a team that they're competing against, and they are far better than. Because a lot of the things that you have to remember is the reason New Orleans is in this position is because for the first two months, three months of the season, Zion was out. And then there were whispers, oh, uh, he's going to be out. And then I guarantee you, Papa Silver called up New Orleans. And was like, no, 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 no. I need Zion to play. I don't care if he, he it's best for your franchise. We need Zion. Well, There's another caveat that I just heard, right? Yeah. Uh, what university did Adam Silver give uh, $28 million? For this one. Yeah. Duke. Duke University. He's on the board of Duke University. He's on the board of directors of Duke University. Where did Zion go to school? Duke University. It's a whole Duke, Mike Krzyzewski, mafia. And there's even court cases going on where that money's being funneled in within ages and inner area. You know, there's, there's a lot going on right there. So there's a lot, a lot of reasons for the, why the Pelicans uh, are going to cover spreads. You're going to see those Phantom charge calls. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's another thing. You talked about it earlier. I don't know if it was on the podcast. I think it was before. But, you know, normally when we talk about, oh, the home team and NBA uh, arenas and stuff like that, they get three or four extra calls because, you know, let's face it, those, uh, those referees are human nature. And they know if they point this direction or they point that direction. I point this direction, they're going to agree with me. I point this direction, I got 25,000 people screaming at me. Right. Well, now – there's what, 12, 13, 14 people? Well, they're screaming at me no matter what. You know, he could have killed a guy on the court. He's going to say he didn't touch him. You know, that's just the way it works. So 
the referees but if you mess with Adam Silver's plan, you're not coming back. Exactly. And 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 now the referees, I believe, have a much easier opportunity to um, uh, affect the game and affect situations that um, I, I. Well, there's three. The or NBA four has plays done a, a lot of the legwork. The NBA has done a lot of the legwork in terms of getting the like the Pelicans. Like they look at the referees, they're like, "Look, our job was to get the Pelicans in the playoffs. We've done our job." Now, referees, it's up to you. We've given them... Bottom line, yeah. No, bottom line, I've made a lot of money seeing that Scott Foster is going to referee a game. I'm like, okay, how is Scott Foster going to read this? I'm not even predicting the outcome of who's playing or this and that. I'm predicting how is Scott Foster going to predict this. And that's the thing about in-game betting. I want a lot of money seeing how Scott Foster is calling the game. Because in in a basketball game, in any game really, any professional sport, uh, they are professionals, and three or four calls in a game will make a difference in the game. And if it can go either way, the refs control the game. Because you can't what you're going to go to the replay booth and you spend hours and this and that. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't because it's so close. It's so close. You know what I mean? That if it's four plays. Uh, he goes his way. He needs to go four times. Maybe one will get reversed too, but not all four. And that's the way they manipulate the game. And they make the marketing money. And now that they made the money, especially, I think the pandemic and the recession makes it easier for us to pick games because they have to make the money. They have to get the optimal marketing matchups. This is nothing new. People have been talking about this for years, and it is true, right? You know, oh, it's going seven. Yeah, it's going seven, man, because they make more money going seven. The Lakers and the Clippers are going to go seven games. And I'm going to go Clippers. Why? Because emotional control, right? That's what Quiet Leonard's known for is emotional control, for being cool, calm. And who's going to guard him? J.R. Smith, who's going to be on emotional, you know, impulse control. Edge Clippers. Yeah, and in that, and that's how to this point you make money in the NBA. Hey, things can change, right? That's why we monitor the thing. That's why we use the Hawthorne effect. The Hawthorne effect says that whenever you track and analyze, right, you're going to improve ten to twenty percent. And for that end, we're going to post a uh, spreadsheet, live spreadsheet. We'll post it on Twitter that people can access and see live what our picks are and what our results have been as we continue to be the most transparent podcast in the history of the United States of America. You can go on our Twitter pages. We'll have one on Brandon first, Brandon Lupe, and my Twitter page. And then you can go on our website and you can click and you can see on the spreadsheet every single pick we have and the percentage. And you can check if it's over 52.5, right? Spoiler alert, it is. (laughs) Big time. Why? Because we've been doing our research, man. Since March, Brandon First has been going through every single Major League Baseball team with a fine-tooth comb and giving you the results of those, uh, of that research, Right. NBA doesn't start for a month from now. And now we're breaking it down, right? 
But look how much pressure we've taken off our brains figuring out what's going on. We've got it down pat. What's going down and where we're going to go. Lines have come out for all the NBA games, right? Major League Baseball hasn't done a schedule yet. Or once they do. And they, we know what the – it's so and it's so Major League Baseball. That's just another thing. It's just – it's one of those it, – uh, it, they're kind of like – you know, you got the four major sports, right? And right. think of like four kids. You know, they're all four-year sons or whatever. And <laughs> maybe one of them's really athletic. The other one's really smart. The other one's really good with his hands. And then, and then there's the baseball kid who uh, – then that baseball kid, but I mean the kid who represents Major League Baseball. And, right. I mean, all you can say is, well, he tries. <laughs> you know, give him an orange slice, pat him on the head, and try not to go run into a wall, kid. <laughs> Other than that, you just hope that, you know, he doesn't hurt himself. That's pretty much baseball in a nutshell. We we know that the Yankees and Nationals will be the first game. Um, that is, an, you know, and like we talked about, PR. Uh, they've already talked, oh, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, blah, blah, blah. Or, uh, and it's just, it's it's just funny. Now, I don't, we, we know the matchups. We know it's going to be 40 in the division. So the Padres are going to play the Dodgers 10 times, the Giants 10 times, the Rockies, Diamondbacks, they'll play the Astros five times uh, or four times, excuse me. And then the other four teams in the West. So they know who they're going to play. They don't know when they're going to play. Um, And for the most part, uh, the only team that's really having maybe a bit of a logistical issue is uh, the Toronto Blue Jays only because Canada is still in a much stricter um, right. Both quarantine coming into the country because believe me, the and this is not a knock towards the city of Toronto, but the players on the Toronto Blue Jays aren't weren't just in Toronto the last four months or five six no. months. They were in the United States in their homes. Well, Canada has a thing now. You go and um, it's there are rules, and I'm not going to go too deep into it because I didn't really want to read into it. But there are certain um, things that are different than if you were to come into the states and. They did get cleared. Their their hotel situation is going to be a lot stricter than the ones in the States. Um, so there is that. But I think overall, I don't think that's a big deal because worst case scenario, they'll play in, I don't know, Syracuse. They'll play in the, the AAA ballpark. I mean, what's the difference, right? right. Uh, it's not like you have fans anyway. But that's, that's a small thing. But um, it, it's interesting to me. I, I did the podcast, um, and please go check it out. It was a really good podcast. Um, and then wrote an article, it was a long one, but it, it really, pretty much everything I talked about the last off season or the entire break was how you can get ga- gambling angles from these teams. And that was pretty much what yesterday's article was all about is, I'll tell you who's gonna win these divisions, but no one, I mean, don't go put $50 on the Dodgers to win a dollar or $10, whatever. I think it is actually a dollar. It's, the odds are ridiculous. Okay, no, it, 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 it and change fast. Value and we'll talk about manipulation because exactly. the Dodgers went That's to, to like tomorrow. within an hour, it went from plus 400 to plus 150 that I ended up getting based solely on uh, Brandon First's recommendation. Uh, and then now you're saying this like minus <laughs> whatever. Well, I mean, I, full disclosure, I feel like you might have – Possibly read the and to win the national league, like no, overall. no, it's, it's, it's no? win the west, See, it, it, but it, it quickly changed, shark, though. It, it quickly odd, changed. I mean, okay, that, it might have been a typo by the 
And then the greatest typo in the history of the world, because on Odd Shark, Odd Shark is pretty much kind of like they take what everything has, uh, majority, and they had they had the Dodgers at minus. I think it was either minus a thousand or minus ten thousand to win the division, which is wow. you know I got them. No money, no money to be made there. Yeah, um, but on, I told, uh, but I also went into the value picks too. So there were those for you as well. And we are gonna hopefully get baseball. We like we're not as um, lucky as the basketball fans to know the whole schedule yet. But like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised for them to release twenty games at a time. Like it's at this point, it's like you know what, guys, just let's just play baseball. Like whatever, whatever you guys have to push this out. Let's just have this baby and let's enjoy it for 60 games. Yeah, for NBA people, look at the lines right now, all right? And use impulse control and control your urge to try to bet the game or see who you think is going to win. Just look at the line movements. And that will tell you. that that will The line movements will tell you what type of news came out, uh, what's going on. And then you do your own evaluation because the line movement does not mean that they're right. Right? It could be an overreaction. It could be uh, manipulation by the bookmaker. You have to use decision science yourself to make the, the decision. I made more money on uh, people overreacting. Like let's say, oh, Dwight Howard's out. And the line moves four points, and suddenly Clippers minus five. And I say, you know what? It doesn't matter. The White House not there. Backup center to Velma Gee's just as good, right? And the Lakers lose by two. I'm a happy camper because remember, I'm not betting who's going to win the game. What I'm betting is the line, right? So if a line's what Clippers minus five. What does that say? That means that a uh, three-pointer does not beat me. Because that's what you got to look at. You got to look at free throws and three-pointers beating you. And the people involved. Because believe me, those those Lakers-Clippers games are going to go down to the last second. And that one guy, 14, that used to be on... uh, on San Antonio, he's there only strictly to shoot three-pointers for the, for the Lakers and to play defense. So that's going to be interesting. Is J.R. Smith going to play defense? And then if he does play defense, it's going to be consistent. Right? Exactly. And I don't think he will, honestly. I mean, he, he might – He's not going to run through screens. He's not going to. It's not going to be that last man back. He's not going to make like the block that like LeBron had in the the finals, like three right. go with the chase down. He's going to go. He's going to cheer. He's going to stand the at uh, the corner three spot or the the elbow three spot. Every you want to look at it. He's going to get his probably ten to twelve three pointers. You hope he hits six of them. Probably will hit more than like four. Um, and really, like you said, I think the biggest thing with him is being able to keep his impulse control under control. And what I think Frank Vogel has to try and make sure that late in the game or pivotal situations, J.R. Smith has to either be really far away from the ball or on the bench. Because like I said, with that, you know, with the rebound and 
not knowing the score, you know, like there's no excuse for that. Okay, maybe with four minutes left in the second quarter, not knowing it's 54, 52 or whatever, okay. But I mean, this is, it, it was no excuse. And I, I feel like J.R. Smith, that most other players maybe would have learned their lesson. I don't think J.R. Smith does, like we talk about with the impulse control. Cause, yeah, because he's a millionaire 10 times over. He hasn't had to, most people change. When they have to change. And I forgot about Ray John Rondo. Because when you talk about Vogel, to me, the coach of the team is Ray John Rondo. Because Vogel can call whatever he wants. LeBron and Ray John Rondo are going to run whatever play they want. And Vogel can't say anything because there's no authority there, right? Polinka's not an authority. He's still grieving because Kobe died. He lived off Kobe. Jeannie Buss is an authority figure. Vogel's not an authority figure. Uh, Jason Kidd is there to stab him in the back or go to the Knicks. And then you got, now you got a lot of, now, you know, you got Dwight Howard, Flaky. You got Ray John Rondo, does whatever he wants. You have J.R. Smith now. Right? So, uh, not saying that they're going to not be okay, but they're trying to win a title. And I don't think they're going to be as tight as uh, Doc Rivers and Jerry West and Lawrence Frank, right, when you look at management teams, right? Who's the better management team, Brandon First? LeBron, Jason Kidd, Frank Vogel, Palenka, and Jeannie Buss, or Steve Ballmer, right, Thority Figure, Microsoft, Jerry West, right, Doc Rivers and Lawrence Frank. Yeah, it's the Clippers, and it's not really even close. Right. Um, obviously, LeBron is still a top 10 player overall, probably even top five, um, not as dominant as he used to be. But, I mean, the last 10 years, pretty much since he went to Miami, um, it's been, where is LeBron playing? Oh, okay, who's the GM and coach? Right. Okay, I hope they, I hope they know how to say – and I hope they know how to nod their head or they're going to get fired. Right. I mean, um, who was it? Was it, uh, was it David Blatt? David Blatt was, was, was the coach for like, uh, for like 20, 20 games, 25 games. They, they were, were like, winning. And, and then oh, all of a sudden here comes to run Lou. And it's just, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, that's fine. If you know, you're that good and people and, and teams give you that much power. Good for you. Don't don't bullshit us and tell us, oh no, I I don't make those calls and stuff. It's it's stupid. It's it's very similar to like when when uh, athletes say, oh, I I came here because of the culture. Like what culture? <laughs> you came here because they gave you ten million dollars more, and <laughs> there's nobody in the world that's gonna. I mean, okay, you could right. sit and be mad because you didn't sign with your team, but any human being would do the same thing. Okay, and it's it's nothing to be ashamed of, but don't sit here and bullshit us like that. I think it's incredibly. Uh, disrespectful but that's I mean LeBron is one of those guys where it's I think the only thing probably covering up our ozone layer is the fact that LeBron's ego is so big it's just covering that little bit of our atmosphere up and that's what's keeping us alive because he's such an egomaniac and it was really frustrating I'm worried for him after basketball really well I, I mean I was worried for him during the five weeks of the last dance Right. I mean, it was like it was like LeBron too. <laughs> like we all love Michael. 
All right? And, and you could tell he was mad that people were talking about Michael Jordan. And it's just like, whoa, bro, like, you need to chill out. Like, yeah, Mike, LeBron is, is a name, but Michael or Mike, like, you can say, hey, I'd be like Mike. There are 55 million Michaels or Mikes when Michael Jordan was doing his thing, okay? When you said be like Mike, it was Michael Jordan. You knew that immediately. LeBron? Not exactly 55 million people name LeBron. Now, obviously, you say LeBron, you think of LeBron. But right. he's an egomaniac, and it's, and it's poured out onto the management skills. And it's – I will say, I mean, for a guy who won – what was it? I mean, he went to, what, eight straight finals or eight straight uh, championship series? I, I mean, can – I wouldn't be surprised if he's, he's just going to keep running this because he looks at it and goes, hey – I've been ultra successful, and he has. You can't really argue that. Now, I'm sure Kawhi Leonard will remind us all about what he was able to do to him. Uh, I think it was 2014, whenever that was. Um, and- yeah, but I don't think he's going to be able to because Dean Smith did a great job with Michael Jordan, and he roomed him with you know a rich white kid who knew a lot about business. His family knew about business, and Jordan learned that. Was able to network. I don't think LeBron's crew has gotten to that point in networking where they'll let them buy into an NBA team. So I worry for him after basketball as far as what exactly he's going to do. And I think we can close with this. Another prediction I'm making is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I call them a fake team. They're a team that does everything right. You know, they're like the guy at work or that, that movie – the, the rock was in, uh, the, when there was an earthquake, and his ex-wife was dating this guy. He did all the right things. He works out, looks right, makes money. And I've been at corporate jobs that way, where you had the guy who was on top. He did everything. But you knew it when it was a crucial situation. I was the one running the show. People would come to me, even if they would come to me, and I would be running the show making the decisions in a crucial situation. Uh, and that's when Milwaukee. They do everything right. They play great defense. They have a superstar. They have all the things right. But push comes to shove. Uh, they can't win. That's one of those. That's just one of those things. And they don't cover the spread. Often than not, right? And uh, and that came to pass uh, in last year's playoffs. And that's why we were able to have such a high percentage because we knew that about Milwaukee. Yes, they were going to beat Toronto at home. But they weren't going to necessarily cover the spread. But then on the turnaround game, they would blow them out mm-hmm. to set up, you know, Toronto. And then it would get be minus three at Toronto. That was easy money. So same thing's going to happen. I don't think they're going to change the script, especially with pandemic and so on and so forth. Their minds were um, rigging it. So the Lakers and the Pelicans play in that first round. And uh, they make that marketing money. Agreed. I, I think it's pretty obvious, too. I mean, the NBA made their intentions very clear um, in the schedule. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. It's, it's just incredible how... I mean, how, no, how the no, how, no, the numbers, and you will know everything. Exactly. And and like I said, folks, it was not... It was about 20 minutes of, of just kind of adding stuff up, and it's it's incredible to see it. And, you know, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll say for this podcast is I almost think 
in almost by the same token, okay, so we have Zion as, um, let's just say like, like boss number one that LeBron has to slay. And then right. uh, number two, maybe will be uh, Utah, you know, and, and Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert and he'll, he'll fight the, the Utah coronaviruses. And the, <laughs> right, right. And, and the third chapter will be, uh, of course, Kawhi. And well, what would be the fourth chapter? What would be the one that would put the most out or well, the most people watching? I don't know if they're going to get out of it, out of that it's one. Giannis. I think it's Giannis. If the NBA has it their way, they want Giannis versus LeBron, or Giannis at least in the East. I think against Kawhi, NBA can have it with NBA could go with Kawhi or LeBron um, on the West side. I think they can run either way because you also have Paul George. I, and- I would have to go against because the uh, the Clippers are constructing a new arena. Okay. So <laughs> I've been on a long I feel like, streak. I feel it, like it started you know, with. Um, uh, I think it was New Orleans with the the thing, but then it was Atlanta. Went to the Super Bowl, predicted that they were constructing a new stadium. So you bet on teams that are constructing new stadiums. And, and I mean, the main point I was making is in the East, I, I expect the the Zion Williams or the Zion uh, Williamson effect pretty much for the Bucks. Right. Uh, they have a pretty easy. I I think they're. Oh yeah, no, Jonas is big time marketing. Oh, yeah, huge. Um, they are already – I mean, they're six and a half games up on Toronto. So, I mean, unless they go 0-8 and, and Toronto goes 7-1, and 1, they're going to be the one seed. So, I, I, I feel like they are going to make things incredibly easy for the Pelicans to make the playoffs to get to that seven – or get to that eight versus one versus the uh, Lakers. And I do believe the NBA is going to do everything in their power to get Giannis – against either Kawhi or LeBron. And I do agree with you. I would probably lean with the Clippers right now. Yes. And I think that they're constructing a new stadium and they need marketing juice for that. Steve Ballmer did pay $3 billion in liquid cash, $3 billion in. So that's something to look at. And the Lakers are a juggernaut. As far as marketing and money is concerned, they don't need any extra money while the Clippers do. Follow the money. Money on top of money. <laughs> That's right. This is a betting again. <laughs> no BS, man. <laughs> We're breaking down people's motivation, and we've been able to do it consistently over a 12-year period using this methodology. And it's fun too at the same time. Final words, Brandon. First, another really good podcast, and it, it was really um, interesting. You know, like we said, we it's already that two weeks. Literally, the first podcast we had talking about the <laughs> NBA, we talked immediately about how the NBA was going to get Zion into the the playoffs, the playoffs to face LeBron and. The, the schedule comes out, and it's it's only been two weeks, and we already got that going. So I would not be surprised in maybe two weeks, maybe Adam Silver comes out and says, hey, you know what, if <laughs> if, you're, if your best player's from Greece, the team is from Wisconsin, and the mascot is a deer, if all three of those count, you go straight to the NBA. Oh, hey, the Bucks, they, they count all three. They're going to go straight to the NBA Finals. I mean, 
That would be the only thing that would make it more obvious than what we saw with the Pelicans. But you know what? As much as I'm raw rawing about it, we're going to make money off of it. So exactly as they can be as uh, cookie cutter, they can be as obvious as they want. We'll make money off of it and, and we'll keep padding our stats. And that's perfectly fine because I feel like ha- that's half the battle. But another great podcast. And like I said, we haven't We're giving people the insight they can't get anywhere else. It's already paying off. Big time. We're giving people insight they cannot get anywhere else. So we'll always close with Winston Churchill. Make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you do. Thank you for listening to the ESBC betting and gambling podcast. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. I'm the best there is.